You know, I was doing what most of y'all do, scrolling through Facebook this morning, and and I come across a video that stood out to me that really kind of it kind of arrested me for a moment, if you know what I'm saying, when God kind of showed you something. And this is stuff that we know and, you know, we understand going on. We know that, you know, where there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and stuff. The Bible says these things. And I'm coming across this, and someone had shared this video. Now, you have to understand, this video was a church in Ukraine. Okay? Guess what? The church was not half empty. There wasn't probably one or two people in this whole church sitting down. The worship team were up here dancing around, having a good time, singing off the wall. I couldn't understand it. It wasn't my language. But something bothered me. And I had a moment where I thought about something, Brother David, and I thought, you know, now some of you ain't going to like this, but I'm going to tell you how, how, what I thought. Would we be better off if we are facing destruction? Now, these folks filled the room in large church much bigger than ours and 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 guess what they were doing they they were not just standing they were not just you know how we do in the pentecostal church we we got the wiggle you know got the get the get the way the sway yeah we sometimes we get the sway going and we get this and moving and you know and oh we're giving god our best but guess what these people are doing they're jumping around like they've done, lost their mind, and they're in the middle of an invasion on their country, and they don't know if they'll even have a home to go to when they get home. They're not hiding. Bothers me. Because I thought, God, you've given us this, the, the greatest nation in the world, I think. From our freedom standpoint, yes. But I wonder, what would it take for us to get our praise on? Yeah, we come, we we love the worship, we love hymns, and I do too. And we lift our hands, and I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm I'm saying that's right. But, But I wonder if we could be challenged this morning. Let us... Let us come into the house of worship as if it was our last opportunity to give God praise. Because we don't know at any moment a bomb could drop on the... I just, I wonder. And so this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach the gospel. I'm not preaching events. I don't believe that the events is what we should be preaching on. I believe we should be preaching. Our, our overseer had shared that on his page. I thought, man, that's right. Don't preach event. Preach gospel. Preach the gospel. And so I'm already prepared to do that. So this morning I'm going to I'm going to talk to you for a few moments. Um, before we go there, before I forget, do continue to pray for us. We told you last week that directly after service, after we grab a bite to eat, get the family get the family home. Josh and because my my commute's pretty short. 
um, but the rest of them got to go home, and, and uh, uh, he's going to, Josh and Dawson and I are headed to South Carolina to pick up Janessa and Zach. We're bringing them home tomorrow, uh, Tuesday actually. We'll load up tomorrow and come back Tuesday, so pray for us that uh, we'll have no events, no flat tires, nothing to hold us up because Josh has to get back to his wife because she's scared to be alone. And <laughs> I'm not sure if it's Emily worried about her or if it's Josh worried about Emily worried about it. I don't know. But, but do pray for us in all seriousness. That, uh, and, and I'm excited, continue to be excited for what God's doing. I'm excited about getting my daughter on this stage and my son-in-law back there doing things I don't have to worry about no more. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm excited what God's doing. But, yeah, if you need anything at all, uh, you know, you can holler at uh, my wife or even Emily if you need to get a hold of somebody. Um, please, please do so. We're still available. Or you can text me if you need prayer. And uh, Charles and, obviously, LaVon's going to be prepping and all that kind of stuff. But, but Charles is available. If you need something, we can make sure that someone is there. Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. They told me to preach fast. <laughs> They told me to be quick because we're leaving. I don't want to tend on being any quicker than what God allows me to be quicker. I'm going to have a good time this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 8. I want to talk to you a message this morning, message 2 of the series of I Am's. This one this morning is I Am Light. I Am Light. Aren't you thankful that we can turn to God and know that He is the light? He is the source he is our everything. He is the only thing we ever have need of, and we know this, but do we ever think about him being light? The very light that you see outside right now coming through our windows and coming through the cracks is light that God spoke. God continues to bring light to the darkness. If, how did he find the earth? The earth was without void and without form. What was the first thing he'd done? He spoke light. Why? Because he divided the night and the day. That is very, very important. Because when Christ comes into your life, he divides the light from the darkness. He says, I am light. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, I'm going to do my best this morning to share with you, not only from the book of John, but also from the Apostle Paul on what the word is and what the word is of light. I'm going to talk to you about how darkness is an attribute of those in the light. How that the word is the capital W for word, John chapter 1 tells us. The promise of this word of light and what the promises of holding on to it will bring our lives. Aren't you thankful that when we stand on the promises of God and we hold on to what God says to be true, that is where we'll find our light? Come on, somebody. You can, you can talk back to me. That's what I want. Why is it important? Why is it so important to understand this thing called light? We've grown up with it from the moment we, we left our mother's womb and opened our eyes. We experienced light. Light has always been a part of our life. 
my kids uh, would always try to get the darkest room darkening blinds they could ever possibly find because they enjoyed sleeping in the light. <laughs> huh? Yeah, the parking lots always kind of messed that up, so at night they had to block that light out. But darkness does not walk or abide in those who have the light, according to John chapter 8. He says there again, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me, look, looky here, he who follows me, go back, he who follows me, notice that, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Now, why is it, or why does it seem that there are some people in this world that proclaim having the light of life inside of them, but for some reason are still walking in darkness? We got to come out from among them, the Bible says, right? So we got to not walk in darkness, but we have to have the light of life. The light is the life. Are you listening to me? So when we walk in this thing called light or the word of God, it is the life unto our soul. Without the word of God, we are void and without form. Again, he spoke to the existence of this planet and spoke things into existence. He can speak things into your life that you'll never imagine. Don't ever give up on God because he never give up on you. So the light of the life in your word comes from, in your world comes from the word of God. It's also important because Jesus is the only true light of this world. John chapter 9 verse 5 tells us this. As long as I am in the world, who's speaking here? Jesus. I am the light of the world. This is just a few verses following John chapter 8, verse 12. And he goes on to say, I am as long as I am in the world. So if you read that and read it like I do, you look at that and say, hold on a minute. Why did he say it that way? As long as. He created this world. What do you mean as long as you're here? Because we understand as we'll see later in another verse, we understand that his timing here is going to be withdrawn. And we think that it's hard to live for God now and hard to come to God and hard to get saved and hard to see him do his work. Hard, hard work now. You are to, don't be here, okay? Let's just scratch that thought. We just don't need to be here when the world loses the light. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine the sun being turned off right now? It's turned off. Do you realize what it would do to you emotionally? Because we need light. So symbolically, the spirit of God will be drawn away from this world one of these days, and there'll be a time... That they've got to live without it. Oh, I'll just wait till he returns and takes the church home if it ever happens. That's how people act, you know, because that would be the only people who would ever wait until the rapture to know if God's real or not. The light of the world is our judge. John chapter 12, verse 46. John 12 and 46. And there's more. Read that for you too. 
He says, I have come as a light unto the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. You've heard that, right? And it goes on to say the next two verses, it says, and if, and if anyone hears my words, are you anyone? Are they anyone? If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. I don't judge him. I did not come to judge the world, but to save. You see, every time a religious figure come into someone's life and become the judge, they were out of order and sinning. Why do I say that? Because Jesus and his model to come into this world, to be the light of this world, as we've already proven to you, the scripture says, he came not to bring judgment and condemn and say, oh, I can't believe you live that way. You know, you remember saying that word last week. That's not the Jesus we, that we serve. That's not the God that we come to know and trust because he says, I don't come to judge the world. I come to save it. I wonder if we would get to the place in the church of God once again that we become the light of the word of God to this culture and stop judging people stop condemning people stop thinking that we're god holy ghost and jesus all wrapped up in one and repent before god and tell the world that he did not come to judge the world he come to save the world and 48 says he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him the word the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The light of the word always will illuminate the dross or the impurities inside of us and bring it to the future. You, you don't know, none of us in this room have to tell someone they're a sinner. You realize that? Did someone have to tell you you was a sinner before you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? They know they're not right. But for some reason, we listen to these religious figures in this world that think they're holier than now and nothing they got stinks. And those people run more people away from God than ever run to them. I am sick and tired of the church being affected by religiosity because religiosity does not save my soul. Jesus done, and the Bible says that Jesus came to save the world. The light of the gospel will clean people up. Our job, church, is to get them in. To look at someone and say, listen, I know that you may not be as right as you think you are, but we don't care because I would rather see you in the house of God than not at all. We've lost out on too many people because they don't feel like they match up. Because the enemy has lied to them and told them. And it's not true. It's not true in this church. 
Now let's look at 2 Timothy 1. This is important as well because death was abolished. Death was gotten rid of. Do you realize that death has already been defeated? Did you know that death has already been defeated before you say your last breath or breathe your last breath? Death has been abolished. Let's look at the scripture. But has now been revealed by the appearing of my Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished, look here, abolished death and brought life. And what? Immortality. How? By the light of the gospel. Our job in the church today, folks, is to share not your words, but these words. This is the light of the word. This is the word that brings light. It's the gospel that brings light, and it abolishes death. Only the th- only thing this culture has need of is this, not us. Do you realize that God could do every bit of this without us? But he chose to use you and I to be a part of this process. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. I think I put all six verses up there. Whose minds the gods of this age has blinded, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Verse 5. Did I give you verse 5? Here we go. For we do not preach ourselves. What did I just say? But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants. What he says there, stay right there. What he says there is we are just mere laborers the bible also teaches us that the field is white unto harvest pray the lord of the harvest to send laborers the harvest is not the problem the laborers are we need to be laborers of the harvest next verse verse six For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Sound familiar? This is Paul speaking. It's the God who commanded, speaking correctly, spoke light to shine out of darkness. Darkness has no place in the light. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that it is all in the hands of God. The enemy knows that when the light of the gospel is shown in our hearts, it will always bring the light. The only thing that this world needs, as I continue to tell you to drill in your memory, the only thing this world needs is not our opinion, not another church, not another denomination, not another translation of the Bible, not another speaker, not another preacher. All they have need of is someone to say, Jesus loves you, and I know it's true because it happened to me. I wonder in the church if we got to the place that we would begin to shine the gospel once again. 
all we need to fill up the church. God, once again, is to shine the gospel of light. Because he is light. Does it make us perfect? No. For this reason, we shine to those who are still blind. We must do this by not preaching ourselves, but preaching Christ. So what are we going to do about it? We can come in here and we can hear a, we can hear a message and hear the word of God and you can hear the preacher spill about the video he watched this morning and you can go home and business as usual. Things just go back to normal for most of us. We come back next week and we might be excited, we might not be, we might come, we might be here because we want to be or not here because we don't. All of this becomes routine. But how about we incorporate this week a new routine? Start praying and asking God, God, how can I shine to this dark world? Show me, send me, use me. That's a laborer. You see, I was sitting there studying this this past week, and yesterday I was sitting there and I was thinking about Something kind of crossed my mind, and I thought, I'm going to say it anyway. It may not be grammatically correct, but I don't care. We're talking about the great I am. So I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, you know when, you, when you do correct punctuation, you know, you're supposed to always capitalize the I, unless it's being used in a word that's not capitalized, right? If it's by itself, it's capitalized. And if it's just started, you know all that stuff. I was sitting there thinking. I was like, you know what? There's no little I in I am. There's no little I. He is always capitalized. He always capitalized his reach. He is the great I am. He is the big I am. And because we are in the I am, there's no little I. But there is a big, a big we. He needs us. He chooses to use us in magnificent ways. So what are we going to do about it? You see, we cannot keep this light to ourselves, church. We are depriving people of the life in which he set us up to live. So many people are desperate Desperate to the place they're filling churches up in war-torn countries. And they're giving their very best. They're using their members. They're raising their hands. They're jumping up and down. They're singing unto the Lord. Why? Because they don't know if the day will be the last opportunity they'll have. Why are they doing it? Because they see the light. We're going to spend eternity praising God. We might want to learn how to do it here. <laughs> Remember, they only have a veil from the truth until the Bible talks about the veil. They're veiled. People that don't know him are veiled. 
There's a blinder up. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the veil. But here's one thing that the Bible teaches us, and i got one more scripture and I'm done. Matter of fact, Sister Jane, would you come and place a little, little ditty? Give her a break. Uh, yeah, a little song, maybe not a ditty, but a song. I don't know what a ditty is, but it's just one of those words. But the veil is up. If the Bible teaches us and we read that when Christ died, the sacrifice was given. He ripped the veil top to bottom. The light of the gospel brought that to fruition. The only reason why they reject us, church, is because they've got the veil in their eyes. And the only thing I can tell you is as long as you will shine the light, First Corinthians 15, the first four verses here says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast to that word, which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. What was he trying to say? Don't, don't take this thing in vain. Don't take this thing so nonchalantly that you just, well, you know, it's okay, but if I want to. He says, for I, I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. This is all we got to share. Sharing our testimony is a great establishment of the faith that you have in Christ. But it says there in, in, in verse 3, it says, first of all, I have this to share, that Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture, according to the word, the word's a light, right? Verse 4 says, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. the light of the gospel still is and always will remain that Christ died that he, he died and was buried but rose again on that third day according to the word the word of God was planted in the soil of this earth in the stone and the rocks and the mountain. He was planted like a seed. And like every good seed, as it is put in the ground, it springs forth life. Christ brings forth life and light. But he was scourged, he was bruised, he was beaten. It was no easy task in church. It will never be an easy task for us. It's never going to be easy to share the gospel with everybody. 
if it was everybody would do it you open yourself up for ridicule you open yourself up to rejection but remember it's just because they have a veil once they see the light they will believe him as the light the Bible promises they will even though you share it don't mean that you're going to be the one to lead some plant others waters but it's up to him want to be a laborer in the last days, stand to your feet. You're making a proclamation to God. I'm serious. We gotta we gotta come into the church to charge ourselves up. Because the only way we're gonna fill this church up is if we see people come to Christ. And it's up to us. It's up to every one of us in this room to do our part and commit to God and trust Him to be the light giver. Will you do that this week? Will you pray and ask God? Will you pray and ask God? God, what is it I need to do to be light? I want to model this thing that Christ has modeled to us. I don't want to preach myself. I don't want to preach my convictions. I want to preach you. I want to put you before me. I just want to be the carrier. You pray that this week. Let's pray to God, Father.